The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. unmute myself. Uh, good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. We're coming to you live from my house. Uh, I know it's old now. <laughs> like there was a day when that was like, really? And now it's like, yeah. Uh, don't you find that you like you turn on the TV and, and for a while it was like, how are they going to do these things from home? And I couldn't wait to see. And then now I just feel, I was like, oh, it's another show from home. <laughs> You know, oh, poor American Idol. Uh, just hard, right? Uh, anyway, you know, but we're staying safe and that's what's important. And that's, uh, I don't know about you, but that's what's important to me. I'm super thrilled to be here with you this morning, this lovely Monday morning. It is May the 4th. May the 4th be with all of you. I hope that you're having a lovely Star Wars day. And uh, tomorrow, of course, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, I love that May, which traditionally didn't have any holidays, uh, you know, in, in the beginning, we're, we're like racking them up now. Um, so I uh, hope that you guys will all celebrate appropriately. Uh, excited to be with you this morning. And we have a lot of things going on this morning. So I want to take a second and just remind you that there are lots of ways that you can watch the show. In fact, uh, there are a bunch of ways that you can watch the show live. And then there are a bunch of ways that you can watch the show recorded. And you can watch them recorded either with sound only, so that if you want to go for a walk or a drive, you can do that, or um, you can download the whole thing and have it play just like it is right now. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the different ways that you can watch us live. If you're watching us live, you might be watching us on autism-live.com, which is our homepage. And by the way, when you're there, lots of things to do. You can go through our whole library of videos, over eight years of videos that are there for you that you can search by topic or author or, you know, a million different ways, right? Um, and at the bottom, there's a chat that you can click on the chat button. Look, there's the different ways. You can click on the chat button and it opens a little box and you type there and you hit enter and it shows up here. I have an iPad that is suspended right here, yes, um, that I'm able to check when you guys write in on the live feature, which is a really cool thing. And by the way, on all these other places you can that are live, you can write in as well, but it's not as anonymous. So if you want to be totally, as, as I've been quoting my ex-student who says, I don't want to put my business on the streets. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to put your business on the streets. You can write to me in the chat at autism-live.com. But there are lots of other ways to inter interact. If you look at the first column, we're there on Twitter at Autism Live Show. I know people, as soon as we did it, people were like, autism lives how? No, it's Autism Live Show. Uh, we are also on Facebook Live, Periscope, and YouTube. We have our very own channel there. And we have our archives there as well. And it's all free to you there. But if you're looking to see us podcast later on, because this time isn't convenient for you, then you can watch or listen to us on iTunes, or Spotify, iHeartRadio, Deezer. It's all good. And in all of those places, we are a free download. It's really important to us that we remain free to you and um, that we don't transfer any of the costs that we incur to you. I've, I've like fought and fought and fought for nine years to keep that being in for the moment. That is, that is the way, let's, let's hope we can keep on to that, right? Uh, but thrilled that you guys are here with us. So these are the ways to participate. I always like to tell you at the start of the show that we have lots of experts on the show. I've got two amazing folks for you um, to be on the show this morning, but um, we do, I just want you to remember that though we have experts on the show, I'm not one of them. 
I am a autism mom, a very proud autism mom. I'm a former teacher. I'm a for, former stand-up comedian, um, not a doctor, nor did I ever play one on TV. I don't think, I don't think I've ever played a doctor on TV. And I am not an expert in autism. So let's be very, very clear about that. Nor am I myself on the autism spectrum. And this show, I just want to be abundantly clear. This show is intended to be to provide information and inspiration to the larger autism community. What do I mean when I say that? Um, of course, the autism community starts with the core individuals who are on the autism spectrum. And, and we could never do anything without them. That would be crazy, right? That would be wrong. Um, so they are at the core of the community that we want to help and support and provide information and inspiration. But we say the greater autism community because we want to take that core and add in everyone who loves people in that core. Everyone who cares deeply about those individuals, whether it's parents, teachers, doctors, practitioners, therapists, um, you know, brothers, sisters, spouses, right? Um, significant others. We, we love individuals who are on the autism spectrum. I'm in that category. I have a son uh, who was diagnosed with autism and we know that these individuals deserve more than what they currently get and that they deserve the right to work. They deserve the right to have dignity, to be who they are and to have help to progress to what they wanna do. Um, I saw a wonderful post on Saturday and I thought, oh, I got to remember this. And of course I didn't. And now I can't find it, but, and I'm going to murder the quote, but somebody said, I'm not interested in changing people on the autism spectrum to be like people who aren't on the autism spectrum. I'm not interested in that at all. Uh, but what I'm interested in is helping people who are on the autism spectrum to be all the things that they want to be. And I thought, ooh, singing my song. Um, that is what we want to do here. We want to provide resources. It's not a one size fits all. And um, we want to provide that hope, though, because there was a long period of time when there was, I think, this like faction of people who said uh, game over when it came to autism. And I love our guest tomorrow is going to be Lisa Ackerman from Taka. And I, my favorite Lisa Ackerman quote is when you say autism, it's not game over, it's game on. And that gives me gooseies, right? That makes me go, oh, okay, we got stuff to do here. I can do stuff. Um, but when you tell me that somebody can't do something, it's just so, first of all, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, if, if you're a teacher at the, at the soul, which I'm a teacher at the soul, then you know that everybody grows, everybody learns and everybody can learn, but we learn in different ways. And if, you know, it's that old Einstein quote, if you, you know, you try to teach a fish to go up a staircase and judge them by if they're able to go up the staircase, who's the idiot? That's not the Einstein quote, by the way. I'm just paraphrasing. Uh, Einstein did not say that, but you know what I'm trying to say here. Anyway, thrilled to be here with you guys. I'm a little silly this morning. Uh, it's Monday. Let's, why not be silly? So uh, thrilled that you guys are here. We also, at the start of the show, uh, most days, although we're doing it a little bit less this week because we've got some heavy hitter guests this week that I want to, I don't want to take up time. I want to be able to spend time with them. Uh, but today we are still going to do the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, nani, nani, are the experts talking about? What does it have to do with me? Why should I bother to learn this term? Can't everybody leave me alone? Right? Um, we give you the actual definition and then I make as much fun of it as I can muster. And then we give you a working definition, which is not always perfect. And I know that sometimes our experts and our BCBAs cringe a little and go, oh, Shannon, uh, that's not quite exactly what it is, but that's the whole point. We want to get an understanding of what this term is, not so that we can take a test, but so that we can add it to our life for value. And my phrase is always, you know, if I can save you five minutes and $5, well, then I did my job today, right? So, hey, Nikki, saying good morning to Nikki and Michelle and Jana. I'm so thrilled that you're there. Hi, Christina. And uh, I want to say a happy, happy birthday to Kimberly. 
Uh, I'm loving this romper room thing. If you guys have birthday shout outs that you want me to do or shout outs to your kids, I, I love, I'm going to get myself one of those little, and I, you know, the, the mirror thing from romper room and I see Bobby. So send me names and I'll say, I'll do shout outs to them. Uh, but we do have our jargon today. I digress. And our jargon today, every once in a while, I like to take it all the way back to the beginning, right? Um, and we talk a lot about ABA on this show. And we talk about ABA for a lot of reasons, uh, some of which I'll get into in, in a second. But ABA, you hear this all the time. And we have new viewers. And, and many people have written in the last two weeks and said, so what is that? What exactly are you talking about? So I thought, we better stick this back in for today. Okay, so ABA, let's take a look at what our actual definition is. And uh, ABA, which stands for uh, Applied Behavior Analysis. And um, I wanna point out that one of the first things that you learn is if you remember that, Applied Behavior Analysis, instead of saying Applied Behavioral Analysis, it's like a way that people gauge whether or not you're paying attention. So little thing makes no sense to me, but it makes a big difference when you're talking to experts. Applied behavior analysis. It is the application, get ready, of the principles of learning and motivation from behavior analysis. Aren't, don't we feel better now? Like that took care of it for me. I'm done, right? It employs procedures and technology derived from scientifically demonstrated principles of behavior to increase socially significant behaviors and decrease unwanted or inappropriate behaviors. Oh, cue the angels. And everybody goes, what? Because, you know, when your mother-in-law asks you, hey, you know, you're wanting to spend a whole lot of time and a whole lot of energy and a whole lot of money doing ABA and you can't come to visit me in Kansas because you're doing ABA. What is that exactly? And if you said this to your mother-in-law, she would go, what in the heck are you talking about? Right? So let's take it down a notch and see if we can't figure out like our elevator pitch of what we say to people when we explain to them what ABA is. So our working definition for ABA, bum, bada, bum, it's a proven method of increasing or teaching desired behavior and reducing unwanted behavior. Now, notice the word autism is not in there anywhere, nor was it on the last slide. So the first thing that I want you to know about ABA is that it's a scientific method that's been around for a really long time and it was not invented or intended for use with autism. In fact, a lot of how ABA is used in the world today, I would say roughly 50% of the people who do ABA don't have anything to do with autism. I know that's a little like, what? Um, they, you know, they use ABA in businesses. Large corporations will use ABA to help people to be more productive and happier. They use it for Olympic athletes to help them to get to their best performance. They use this in classrooms because ABA is considered one of, if not the best teaching tool. If you wanna teach somebody something and you're having difficulty with it, because there's lots of different ways to teach, right? Former teacher here, lots of different ways to teach. But if you're having difficulty teaching someone something, you can back up and use the principles of ABA and find that you will be successful. And not only that, you'll be successful with pretty much everybody because if one method of ABA isn't working, you switch gears and it's driven um, by the individual. So many years ago, um, a wonderful gentleman, Ivar Lovas, decided, hey, I'd like to use ABA with individuals on the autism spectrum. This is back in the early 80s. And he did a couple of experiments and made some headway with some older kids um, but he lost his funding and then, and the kids, it just didn't stick with the kids because he started with them much later. And so eventually he, he said, I think, I think it's because we're not getting them when they're early enough. And so he got some funding and, um, at UCLA, uh, had a clinic where, he, where he was teaching and he started the young, uh, autism project. He had a group of kids. And he said, we're going to give them 40 hours of ABA and we're going to teach them how to do things that they don't know how to do. And we are going to reduce behaviors that are not helping them to do the things that they want to do. So the kid who's doing nothing but spitting on his hand 
and can't seem to do anything but that. And it's it's got some sort of a paycheck for this kid. We're not saying that that behavior is not important, but it prevents this kid from being able to communicate with others and do the things that this kid wants to do. We have a way of reducing this because what he needed from the spitting on his hand, we're going to give to him in another way that works better for him. Woohoo! And what they found in the young Lovas project was that the kids learned and they were able to reduce behaviors. And it was the first time that people saw that individuals on the autism spectrum could go from being considered extremely disabled to not having a disability. Crazy, right? Crazy good. And it took many years, but now insurance funds ABA, and it has for a long time been considered by the Surgeon General the gold standard treatment for autism. Uh, I love ABA because it's what gave me my child back. My child had lost all, virtually all functional communication, and now my child is just the most communicative individual, brilliant, and wonderful. But part of what we know about ABA is that there's a prescription for each individual and that the best results come when we start early, which is why we hear all the time, early intervention, early intervention, early intervention. And, but it's not just early, you got to get enough. So it's early and a lot. Um, for most kids, it's 40, when we're talking about that three to five window, 40 hours a week, but that's what gets us in the window of the best possible results, ABA. I love it. All right, let's move on to our question of the day. Uh, <laughs> you guys ready? I just don't wanna be late because we got Bonnie coming up. In two minutes, we gotta get to Bonnie. So um, here's my question for you today. What's the best part of isolating? What's, you know, like at some point this is gonna end and there's gonna be like, oh, that part I liked. What is it? Are you getting to sleep 10 minutes later? Um, is it that you're getting to work out more? Are you getting more time to spend with someone that you really care about? Is it that you've gotten to read a good book or, um, you know, watch something that you never thought you were going to watch? I loved the Outlander books when I read them in the nineties, but I never thought I would have the time to watch them. And I'm slowly working my way, uh, through them, which is great. You know, I would never have had the time. But what's, that's not the best part, but it's one of the good things. But what's the best part of isolating for you? I would tell you that the best part of isolating for me is that I've had more time for, I've exercised and I've had more time to spend with my husband. My husband and I have been married. It'll be 18 years in a couple of months. And I don't think we've ever spent this much time together. <laughs> I know for sure we've never spent this much time together. And I would... I, I would love to hear his response to it because he, he's probably just about done. You know what I'm saying? I remember when we were three weeks in and I was like, wow, I can't even believe it's been three weeks. And he was like, I can't believe that it's only been three, three weeks. Um, but it's been delightful to get to spend more time with him. A lot of times, especially when we were doing the autism intervention thing, we were ships that passed in the night. He would uh, be at work and he would come home and I would leave and go to work. And it was like, yeah, nice knowing you. The only time I saw him was when we went to Disneyland. Uh, but it's been great to spend more time. I would, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't get to spend more time with my child. Um, between me working and him having schoolwork, I have not had more time with my kid. I'm trying, I'm, I'm eking it out. We've described we've, uh, discovered that we love to play Scrabble. So we've been playing a lot of Scrabble the last week. And uh, my son just beats us every time. And we are not like, you know, we're wordsmith people. I can't spell, but you know, we, we know some words and he's just trouncing us. Uh, anyway, what's the best part of isolating for you? Write to us now on Facebook or, um, or YouTube or Twitter or whatever, whatever fills your fancy, right? Okay, so moving on, we have a topic for the week and guess what it is? Cause you know what's happening this Sunday. Uh, we are celebrating Mother's Day on Sunday. And so all this week, we're trying to celebrate some amazing moms. I know I tried to get Eustacia on this week, but she's really, really busy. Uh, in fact, we're going to tell you later on something that she's doing on Friday that you might want to check out. 
Um, but we've got some oh, great moms that are going to be with us today. So, or uh, today and all this week, I'm really excited because Bonnie Yates is a great mom. So we're going to be celebrating moms and celebrating those of us who are moms, celebrating that, um, and celebrating the moms that taught us what they know and got us onto this planet. And I want to point out that I'm talking about the term mom, and it has nothing to do with birthing. I know some men who are great moms. Uh, I know, you know, folks that have never birthed anybody, but are the best moms, right? So, um, if, and, and sometimes people are moms to furry things, and they don't have any children that talk, but they have you know, animals. So there's all different kinds of moms and we've all had at least one, right? So we're going to be celebrating that. Speaking of which on the show today, we have the amazing Bonnie Yates who's here and she's a special education attorney, but she's a great mom. And she's going to be talking with us, answering some of the questions that you guys have. And we have a little bit of an announcement about um, when she's going to be with us next week. Um, and then we also have another wonderful guest, and I'm going to slaughter her name, uh, Maya Sunderberg. Is it Sunderberg? I'm slaughtering her name. But wonderful self-advocate. She's got a show of her own. We can't wait to talk with her a little bit later on in the hour. But um, I love that people write in and say hi to Traven, too. I tell you, that's that's because Traven is in charge of what I get to see in the comments. So butter Traven up if you want. If you want to ask a question, uh, hey, somebody wrote in and said, good morning, Shannon. How do we watch old PTA webinars? And um, for those of you who aren't card families, I just want you to know that if you're part of a card family, like Bonnie is part of a card family, she, uh, but anyway, we have something called the card PTA and we do webinars during this COVID thing. I am work. We sent you the the list of all the webinars up until two weeks ago, and I'm working on getting those coded for you. So, um, and I'm saying hi to Chad, who says, "Great topic. Thank you. My son excelled in ABA for a good six years. Yay, Chad! I'm so excited to hear that. We're glad that you're here with us. But Bonnie Yates is here, good and she's she's looking all lovely, and uh, I'm loving that blue on you." Thank and you. it's it's like an indigo. Wonderful. So, Bonnie, how are you? Let's start I'm there. Good, good, good. Preparing for and, another warm day. Yes. And can you tell us a little bit about Tolner Law Offices and then give us your disclaimer? Good morning, everybody. Tolner Law Offices is an, the Tolner Law Offices is an eight attorney law firm based in San Jose, Los Angeles, and Irvine. Um, we can be looked at on the web if you Google us, T-O-L-L-N-E-R Law Offices. If you're in California and you want a complimentary initial consultation, you can get um, a hold of the intake form on the website, fill it out, send it back to the office, and they'll schedule something with me. Um, on this show, one of the... Um, Overriding objectives that Shannon and I have is making sure that you have as much access to information about your legal rights as possible. So we're putting uh, forward questions of general public interest that we think will allow you to better understand how the IDA and related statutes work. Uh, as you know, if you have a specific problem, it's best to consult with an attorney in your state. If you're not in California, uh, I can recommend you to the copaa.net um, website, which will put you uh, in touch with attorneys in the 50 states. If you are in Arizona, I just learned that Amanda O'Neill, um, a wonderful um, young attorney with our firm, very, very capable, uh, sharp attorney, is also uh, barred in Arizona, which I didn't know. And she also does conservatorships, which I didn't know. If you're in New York, I've been referring people to Barbara Ebenstein. She's a lovely, uh, extremely seasoned lawyer who also functions as a hearing officer in some counties in New York. Uh, so with that, uh, we've got some questions today. 
Right. I just want to pause for just a second and say, when you say barred in uh, Arizona, that's lawyer speak for she's passed the bar and she's, right. she's but, for the rest of it, when you say you're barred from it, it means you can't go. She can practice law there. Thank you. She has the license <laughs> to practice law in the state of Arizona. Um, over the weekend, I did some looking for us all at what came out of the federal um process about how idea was going to be dealt with during school closure that was being uh, nervously awaited from Betsy DeVos. We're going to answer some questions first and then go into that as we have time. But the okay. really good news is I think lawyers uh, on my side of the aisle were really braced for anything. You know, like none of the idea procedures apply for a year or we're getting rid of this or that. What she came back and did, she made two material changes. One don't concern us, doesn't concern us, but the other one uh, does concern us. She said that any toddler who's eligible under part C of the IDEA have, who has early start services, uh, if they can't be assessed in time to determine if they qualify for part B services at age three, would be allowed to continue receiving their early start services until such time as they can be assessed. That's really interesting because there's no stay put normally on those services. So that was okay. a win, not a lose. Um, yeah. I also sent you a little template that, that is put out by LRP. Uh, LRP is an excellent um, special education database used heavily by school districts and sold heavily to school districts. And it's very comprehensive. So I forwarded to you their template on documenting modifications to IEP services. They're also putting out tons of stuff for educators now about how to handle different issues that come up. So we're mm -hmm. gonna rip some of those off and talk about them so we can see how the other side is thinking about the problems that we all confront. Fabulous. So with that, I also wanna let everybody know that I'm starting a Pinterest board that's just for the goodies that Bonnie gives us because Ooh. we've been putting them in the Facebook um, and then people are saying that they're having a hard time finding them later on. So I'm starting a board on Pinterest under the Autism Live big board. There will be a board that's just for um, goodies from Bonnie Yates. And that's gonna include all the things that we cook in my household because all we do is cook all the time now. Well, you you have a recipe for some sort of Christmas crack that's like uh, crazy. I remember people went crazy for a couple of years yeah. ago. You Christmas made something. crack, peanut butter fudge, um, Toll House cookies with peanut butter and chocolate chips. Um, oh. Well, clearly we need a whole cooking segment here. Bonnie. Coconut oil brownies. Ooh, yeah, okay. Not a problem, guys. <laughs> well, but it's a problem that most of the world has right now because people are either buying it or making it. So yeah, there we go. And I don't want to trivialize people who don't have enough food to eat. So no, I'm very concerned about students all over the world that don't have enough to eat. Anyway, I better stop talking so you can start talking. But since you said that, Bonnie, I just want to make clear that most school districts right now are taking their extra food and they're serving families and anybody who needs to be fed. I know here in Los Angeles that they are serving breakfast and lunch every day at like six different schools. If you need food, get yourself to, you know, look it up online and, and find, because I hate to think of somebody going out without food. Uh, okay, and thank you for bringing that up. Okay, so first question, you ready? Uh, before school ended, we had an incident where my child was being bullied. My child has an ASD diagnosis. The child who was bullying does not, but his family is very influential. I asked for a meeting with the principal and, and was told that they were, dealing with they were dealing with issues related to the bullying and that they would get back to me. Then school closed. I have repeatedly asked for a meeting and have been told that due to the situation, I guess the school being closed, the bullying has stopped. So it is not the first priority, but my child will have to come back to the same school in the fall with a kid who basically got away with bullying him. What are my rights as a parent regarding this? Well, it's an interesting problem. I guess the analogy would be if you'd raise it during the summer, they would say it's not happening now. I think based on past history, you have a reasonable factual a basis for explaining to them why this is going to reoccur in the fall because nothing has changed. I don't know if the students are in the same class or not. Did the 
did the listener say or no? No, not at all. You know, so whatever your facts are that suggest to you, reasonably suggest to you that this is gonna recur, you can put that into a letter, tell them you were pretty disappointed when they refused to take this seriously and they said that other things were more important and then give them prior written notice and ask them to tell you why they don't feel that they need to do anything about this. We provided a template for people for prior written notice, but I did another one for an advocate last week. I'm gonna send it to Shannon after the show. She can send it to you. Uh, prior written notice basically is available to you as a remedy to get information anytime the district proposes or refuses to do something that relates to the student's eligibility, identification, services, goals, placement. So I would say that the, that the issue with bullying is that it can interfere with the provision of FAPE because it, it has an educational impact and the student is not available for learning to the same degree. Um, and I would also say that potentially it interferes in the placement if people are doing things like putting your child in the learning center or something just or in the front office. Uh, you know, a lot of the time what happens at school is that school districts um, are also concerned about these kids. And sometimes these kids through no fault of their own, they're young, they're obviously showing they have problems can be uh, destroying school property, can be interfering in class. So the focus shifts and rather than directing resources toward the child that's receiving the bullying, the focus moves more toward, are we gonna try to get this parent to agree that we're gonna put the bully in a non-public school or get him out of here before he, you know, before he hurts a teacher. So we have to bring the focus back to you and your child and why this is interfering with his IEP. And I would, I would say that in discussing these issues, it's always important to try to talk about the other child in sympathetic terms, but just saying we've got a practical problem here. It's not that anybody's bad, but um, you know, this, this person's behavior is disruptive uh, probably for other children as well. So try the prior written notice. Uh, if that doesn't work, get back to me, but I think that, that it should. Okay. Uh, my mainstreamed ASD child is in junior high. All of my friends are telling me that their kids' schools have frozen their grades. So if they had a B in a subject before the shutdown, they can't get less than a B for the semester. Some of my uh, son's teachers are doing this, but his math teacher is not. He had a B, now he has a C. Is the freeze thing a rule or a suggestion? My understanding was it was a rule, but I um, could be wrong about that. But I would write the district and ask if they have a policy as regards this. You can also look in their board policies, but they might not be updated. And then I think you have a basis for writing the school and saying in the interest of you know, consistency uh, and what other children are getting, it's not fair that your child with a disability, and I would underline that, be penalized for his inability to attend school during school closure, which is essentially what's going on. Ask them to discuss it with you and if they won't give them prior written notice. Yeah, okay, great. And then our last question, who will be making the decisions about restitution of services our kids missed because of COVID? Is it the principal, the superintendent, the courts? Who's gonna decide? Well, it's an interesting question. You're actually talking about compensatory education because what they're getting during school closure is not uh, what they would have gotten during regular school year. Uh, so when you ask that question, my answer is it depends upon the level at which you're interacting with the system. If you're gonna have an IEP meeting to ask for compensatory education, which is what you might very well wanna be doing, um, I here's what really is gonna happen. If they know that that's what you want to talk about, they're all going to get together before they meet with you and they're going to come up with their position. So it's, it's, it's unclear. It's hard for you to know at what level the process is being decided, right? Um, but typically we do find that IEP teams make these decisions at a lower level. And then if you file for due process and you, you uh, have a settlement conference, you're dealing with a whole new different group of people. I would say if it's four hours of speech therapy, that's one thing. But if you put your child in a private 
management and you want comp ed, you want reimbursement, and don't forget to give your 10 business days notice or you won't be entitled to reimbursement. Um, if you want that and it's a substantial uh, amount of money, sorry, this person's got a... It happens. Sorry. That's what being live is uh, all about. Just one sec. Yep. Uh, sorry. No, no, it's okay. She, she's got a resolution session. That's ah. that's easy. Anyway, um, so I would say that you may not know that, but I would just say make your best case for why the comp ed is necessary and indicated. And we are going to see a ton of comp ed cases next year because theoretically every single child with an IEP is entitled to compensatory education for this time. You'll recall that a few weeks ago, I shared something, we can share it again. It was a paper from the Alliance for Children's Rights and they were proposing that the, the federal government adopt a rule across the board, which I don't think is ever gonna happen, where for every hour you miss, you get two hours. Now that's probably, um, an ask intended to be bargained down from but yeah. if you if you think about it if you think about it and you're doing a good job of tracking your um your IEP services daily and weekly you would have a basis obviously for uh for trying to secure comp ed once school reopens now did I am I so old that I don't even remember telling you this at the beginning of the program I sent you the LRP little form which is their idea about how you document, document modifications to IEP services. So that's just a suggested form. You could have more boxes and additional information, but it's- Tell me what the LRP is. It's called, I sent it to you yesterday. It's called template, documenting modifications to IEP services. But I mean, what does LRP stand for? Oh, LRP, I'm sorry, that's Special Ed Connection. That's the law, the Special Ed Attorney Clearinghouse of Information we were talking about earlier in the program, I apologize. But anyway, they're, they're sort of telling you uh, that, that you know people should be paying attention to these things because later, I believe this is a form for educators because it says things like modification applied, provided the services virtually through the use of video conferencing with the student's regular service provider. That was a speech and language person. So they're gonna be creating some documentation to show what they did so you know what that means. Yeah. You gotta have your own, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the part we all love. All right. Well, those are the answers to our questions. And I know you wanted to take a couple of minutes to talk about uh, what this decision was from Betsy DeVos. I also want people to know that you next week you won't be with us live on the show, but you've agreed um, to come and do a town hall. I, I started the show by talking about the PTA that we have at CARD. Uh, and we've been doing webinars and enough people have said, hey, I feel left out that we're going to do a couple of town halls. So it's the kind of thing that we've been doing on that P the PTA webinar, but we're going to make it open to everybody. So Bonnie has agreed to a date. We'll disclose that a little bit later on, but she's going to give us a, a, a town hall about the state of the state of special education. So like, we're going to just of the Fed. <laughs> there we go. But we're going to but we're going to give you just an abouche moose of that right now. Uh, we're, we're, cause we've got about, uh, five minutes, Bonnie, uh, where you, where you can talk about Betsy, you go for it. Uh, you know, I'm actually going to talk about some things that, that, that they, the school districts are talking about as sort of a little teaser. And then we're going to have that larger discussion, um, in a few days. Um, and I may drop out just a minute early cause I want to get back to this other attorney who's okay. a time sensitive question about uh, a meeting. So here's okay. the stuff they're putting up that's very interesting. You guys can tell me what you want to hear about. How to protect against retaliation claims during distance learning. What does advocacy look like during an extended school closure? What does an adverse action look like during an extended school closure? How to continue MTSS during the pandemic, um, which is basically just um, modifications, accommodations, and so on. Um, here's one you guys will like. Districts must consider comp ed for students excluded due to COVID-19. Okay, that might be a fun one to do. Yeah. Coaching tips for families of children with ASD during a pandemic. 
So they're putting up a lot of stuff telling the district how to respond to this extraordinary situation. And I think we should be monitoring these things. So just, just an example, the question, districts must con consider comp ed for students excluded due to COVID-19. I'm just gonna read you three paragraphs. And then if you guys wanna talk about this more, you can send in some questions. Um, following any school closure or the ex uh, exclusion of a student with a disability as a result of COVID-19, each student's IEP and as appropriate 504 team should decide whether the student needs compensatory education. Um, we explained that the IDEA section 504 and title two of the ADA do not specifically address a situation in which school is closed for an extended period of time because of a disease outbreak. Parenthetical insertion from me. Therefore, you have a bunch of issues that have yet to be litigated that are gonna be litigated for the first time. However, in general, if a school closes its doors to stop COVID-19 from spreading, we observed and the district isn't providing educational services to the student population in general, then the local educational agency would not be required to provide students uh, services to students with disabilities during the same period of time. Well, we know that's already kind of become, um, you know, out of date because they have decided to provide the services. Once school resumes, the district would be obligated to make every effort to fully implement a student's IEP or 504 plan. In addition, the IEP or 504 team as appropriate to the specific student would be required to decide on an individualized basis whether the student needs compensatory services due to the impact of the closure. So you heard that individualized, okay, ED, that's, um, what is it like educational directory or whatever they educational advisor for this publication also warned districts against providing educational opportunities to the general student population during school closures that it doesn't make available to students with disabilities to avoid discrimination such opportunities including the provision of fate must be equally available to students with disabilities we also stress that iep teams should consider as appropriate whether a child excluded as a result of covid 19 while the school district remains open could benefit from homebound services such as online instruction or, in, or uh, instructional telephone calls. We added that while IEP teams are not required to include distance learning plans in a child's IEP, doing so might be a prudent step in view of the potential for future school closures. Creating a contingency plan before a COVID-19 outbreak occurs gives the child service providers and the child's parents an opportunity to reach agreement as to what services would trigger the use of a child's distance learning plan and the services that would be provided during the dismissal. So if we're gonna see a second wave of outbreaks in the state that you're in, then this is something that, they're, that the school district is telling their people it would be prudent to do. They may never get to it because they've got a huge backlog of work now, but I, I think it's important. We have this resource and it just occurred to me when I was looking at this stuff over the weekend, you know, rather than telling you my opinion all the time, let's, let's you know, hear about the people that are making the decisions and what they're thinking. So um, with that. We've had two questions that have come in, Bonnie. Do you wanna hear them really quickly or do you need to go? I can do them if you don't need me to do the disclaimer at the end, if you can do the disclaimer after I get up there. Okay, I will. So uh, my son is doing an independent studies program. My district does not have a modified Edgenuity online program. Do I have the right to ask for less work? It's a lot of work and he gets overwhelmed. Yeah, you just go back to the accommodations in his IEP and you tell them that the, gov the, the, uh, the excuse me, the direction and guidance from the federal government is that people's IEPs should continue to be implemented um, to the greatest extent possible. And so those accommodations in his IEP, if he needed them in a live learning setting, it's hard to imagine he would learn, he would need them less now. And the second one, I'm not sure that I understand it. I don't know whether it's, I'm misunderstanding it or, there, or if I have typos, is is my ISP for my autistic son a binder contract? I have AFLS in his ISP. They have to use ABS and they are refusing to pay for my AFLS though it's in my ISP and my ISP is not the same as IEP. So nothing is blinded in his ISP. I have no idea. 
So break that down, take all the abbreviations out, explain it as if you were explaining it to somebody that knew no acronyms for your state, resubmit it and we'll answer it on the show next week. There we go. Uh, all right, so Bonnie, thank you. I'm gonna let you go, but I'm gonna thank give you. the disclaimer after you go, good luck. And we will, we will let, we'll let people know when that town hall is. Great. Have a good Take week. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. And the disclaimer there, um, Bonnie was giving advice, not, you know, giving information. Um, if you need legal help, go get legal help. Uh, you can get, you can ask, reach out to Bonnie and Bonnie is with the Tolner Law Offices and you can Google her and you will find her. If you are in Southern California, I really encourage you to get Bonnie's uh, ear and assistance. You'll have to fill out some paperwork, but you can have um, a free um, consultation and, and see how you want to move on from there. And she's incredible. If you need legal help other than Southern California, she had mentioned at the start of the show that they have legal help with the law, Tolner Law Offices in Northern California and in Arizona now, which is great. But if you need help in another area, she encourages you to go to COPA, C-O-P-A-A.net and to find a lawyer there. We are not affiliated with any of those lawyers, but they are um, people who tend to be care very much um, and to be in the know, let's say that. Okay, we don't wanna waste any more time because I believe that our guest is joining us, our second guest, uh, whose name I slaughtered I, uh, earlier. Maya, I don't know if it's Mia, Sundermeyer is joining us and she is the wonderful host of a program that's called Hello World with Maya. Uh, is she here with us? Yes, I am. Is it Maya or Mia? It's Maya. Um, although I don't mind being called Maya or Mia. I mean, I'm going to turn my video on so you can see. Do it. Hi, everyone. There you are. Hello. How are you? Live long and prosper. Hello. World. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. Even though it's, it's, uh, it's yeah. star, I'm a, I'm a Trekkie. Yeah, as opposed I've, heard, to, so. I've heard you talk about that with Temple before. There you go. Uh, we're so thrilled to have you. Tell us a little bit about the show that you do, Hello World with Maya. So I've been up and running since 2013. I started out on YouTube, worked my way into WordPress, and I recently just started the podcast. And the reason why I started on the podcast was uh, I was interviewed recently for another podcast. You've heard of Converge Autism Radio with Stephanie Holmes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was in there. I was talking about uh, was a transition and my uh, and the struggles that I had to face going from transition from high school into the college setting and so I decided to start my own show being that I have my blogs on YouTube and WordPress and I decided to just start up doing little snippets of myself once in a while and I wanted them to be educational and practical application for people and then the outbreak happened and I had a big dream to interview people and I knew some folks that are public speakers like myself. And I mean, I'm not keynote speaker, but I've been talking now for um, a number of years. And I talk about- Well, maybe not yet, but maybe that's coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I've had a few guests on the show. I had Temple Grandin on the show last weekend. Yeah. Um, I've been affiliated with her for five years now, six years. Uh, gave her my business card after I got hired at Georgia State. She's an amazing woman, and she is um, a very good guest. I would not mind having her back on the show. So. Yeah, she's pretty incredible. And so uh, I always like to, um, you know, you're a wonderful autism advocate, but I like for people um, to be able to identify themselves and not have me identify. So, you know, I, how do you choose to identify yourself? Well, I don't want to mask anymore. Um, it's kind of hard when you try to identify as autistic because you have people out there that look at you like, um, you're broken and need to be fixed. And they see past the disability and they see past the, or not, not the, they see past Maya and they, they see that there's somebody that needs to be fixed. So that's not always easy. And then if I keep my mouth shut, I'm weird, I'm crazy. What's her problem? And so what I like to do is follow in Temple's footsteps is don't get too labeled a lot because I mean, I'm a professional, I work at a university and I'm a college student. So I wanna be recognized as a professional, but when it comes to self-advocacy, 
I feel that there's a time and a place for that. I feel that there are times where I need to use autism advocate. Like I worked in a job years ago where I was treated poorly and it was a work program and it, the environment was very toxic. And I've talked about this in my podcast. I mean, have you had a chance to hear the show? Yes, you do a great job. Which one was your favorite? Uh, you're, and you're going to put me on the spot and I don't remember names of things, but you're doing a wonderful job and I was really impressed. Did you listen to the one I did with Temple? I listened to part of the one with Temple. Uh, I was trying to catch like little snippets to get a, a feel for, you know, what your format is. And I, I, I just thought that I was very impressed. Yeah. Um, I was nervous trying to get this thing together because that's Temple Grandin. I mean, even just trying to talk to her on the phone makes me nervous. But Temple's me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But Temple's <laughs> attitude is, oh, whatever. I'm yeah. just a human being. Um, yeah. No, she, and I'm so glad that you had an opportunity. And now, have you also met her in person? Oh, on a multitude of times. Yes. I told you earlier. I, yes. uh, yeah, I've, I actually, I'm affiliated with her across the board. I mean, I have, first of all, I have a lot of networks in common with her. That's a big one. And then I write blogs for her publishing company. And so I see her every six months at the conferences and oh, write wonderful. blogs about it. And so she was here in Atlanta recently and, uh, I got up a couple of times to use the bathroom and being Temple, you know, she sees me all the time. That woman's a mentor and she knows I'm on the spectrum. And she goes, you really don't need to be texting. And what I was really doing was I was tweeting about what she was talking about when I sat down the second time. I said, no, you've gotten up twice. What are you doing? And then she <laughs> said, and then she goes, well, don't worry. You'll think me later. And then she said that reminded her of the time that somebody slammed down a can of deodorant and I said Temple you always do and she looked at me and she just wanted to talk about something else and you want to sit in the back I mean she wasn't mad and then I told her what I was doing mm. and she said and she goes well why didn't you say so in the first place and I said well I was waiting for you to get done talking Temple oh yeah well, and so you mentioned that you are a student. Uh, do And please tell me if I'm asking things that you don't want to ask. What are you studying? Psychology. And what do you hope to do with that? Well, right now I'm employed at the Center for Leadership and Disability. And it was my dream to work at a university when I was in that toxic work environment. And at the moment, I'm more of a clerk. I'm doing a little bit of everything. Like I am a committee member of a statewide autism conference. I mean, right now I'm doing some clerical work behind the scenes, but when it comes to psychology, I want to get involved in research and I'm also good at math. I'm going for a master in statistics and I want to go into research, but if that doesn't work, I'd like to use the statistics in other areas. Like I mentioned it on Facebook the other day that I wanted to, um, that I wanted to uh, become RBT certified. Yeah. And um, being that I'm a psych major and I'm almost done with it. And then I'd like to take, a, I'd like to take that knowledge and work on the statistics, you know, based on the data because somebody has got to do it. Yeah. So those are my big dreams. And then I love math. So. Wow. Well, listen, I've got people that I'd love to introduce you to who are all part of a research team looking at those ABA things and looking at the data. So at some point, remind me and I'll introduce you to them. Um, but I, I'm curious, and we didn't talk about this beforehand, uh, but so often um, folks that are, um, uh, that are adults on the spectrum, um, you know, parents will ask me, how come I don't see more adults on the spectrum who like ABA, and there are many who don't like ABA, but if you're um, studying and thinking about becoming an RBT, how do you feel about ABA as an adult, as a self-advocate? Well, the problem with these young adults that don't like ABA, um, I think it's because they're so young and there's a big movement right now. I mean, I don't want to say anything bad about ASAN. I think there's some really good people in that group, like yeah. uh, Morinike, Giwa, Anaiwu, and Lydia Brown, I mean, they're both good people, and Scott Robertson. But the reason why I decided to look into ABA is because I kept reading all these stories all the time, and they were talking about ABA is evil, ABA is bad, and they were also bashing Autism Speaks. Well, you know what? I work in a center 
and an organization and with people that support those services. So as a professional, why not get involved in, in one way or another? And I don't have to be like everybody else. And, uh, you know, it's it, it, very interesting because everybody has a different opinion. And one of the things that we talk about here on the show, um, even if we weren't show about autism, but especially because we're show about autism, I believe that everybody gets a right to have their opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, like, have your opinion. I just, you know, I like discourse. I like to have conversations with people and I don't necessarily need to agree with everybody, but I want for the discourse to be about things that are true and not rumors. And so the thing often I will say, if somebody's on the show and they say to me, you know, I just don't agree with ABA. I think it's terrible. And I say to them, but I'm a mom of a kid that did ABA and it helped him. And it's not all the things that you say. Would you do me a favor? Would you come with me to a center to see good quality ABA happening? And the thing that's sad to me is that I haven't had anybody that has been against ABA take me up on that offer. Um, but it sounds like you've done the research and found out about what this is and what it isn't. Yeah. Um, what I want to do is I want to look into it. I mean, it's not a big dream of mine, but if it if push comes to shove, I think it would be worthwhile for me to look into because, you know, there's a saying, there's nothing about us without a Shannon. Yeah. And you can't do, it's like, you can't have great services without autistics that have been through it yourself. Now, I'm just one autistic and uh, I'm, just one, I'm just one woman on the spectrum. And so I'm not the only one that can go in there and do this. Now, yeah. um, there, I mean, there are countless other people like Temple and there's Anita Lesko. And by the way, I heard her last week. She's awesome. I Isn't followed she? her. I've, uh, I met her too. I met her when she went up to do her talk and promote her book, The Stories I Tell My Friends. I remember when she and Temple were on together a couple of years ago, and I knew I had to meet this woman. I just kept looking at her pic, because I kept seeing her picture on the Future Horizon stuff, and I, the lady of the cowboy hat, and I was like, well, who's this lady? And yeah. then I found out she's on the spectrum. Yeah, and she's amazing. I mean, I just, I love Anita, and Anita's got me on this vegan diet now. I'm like day two of the vegan diet. Uh, so well, I, I, like, I hope I show up here healthier and skinnier and happier because that's what lose I mean. a little weight myself. Oh no, you look fabulous. No, um, no, like a belly fat. Oh no, 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 no. But, um, well, I, yes, I love that. We both love, uh, Temple and Anita and, you know, uh, when they, when they came out with the book stories, I tell myself, I thought, oh my gosh, this is so fun. Cause it's like, when you're reading it, it's like sitting there at a table with the two of them. Um, I know, which, like drinking coffee with them. Yeah. Totally fabulous. Uh, which is a wonderful thing. Well, now I want to sit and have coffee with the two of them with you there. Yeah. Well, uh, so many people then, compare me to Temple. I don't know why other people compare me to Greta. I don't know what Greta Thunberg. Oh, I love her too. Uh, but I got to, I got to add one to your list. I, you, you need to meet Ann-Laure Davin. Uh, who's Ann-Laure Davin? So she's written a book and she is, uh, and of course I can't think what the name of her book is, but it's a really good book. And <clears throat> she tells stories that are unique from her experience of being on the spectrum and not finding out that it wasn't diagnosed until after she had had her children but now she's been on a path where um, she's she studies Zen meditation. Mm. So she's Zen meditation is great. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. a Christian. I'm actually Jew for Jesus, Messianic, but meditation does calm me down. And I love positive affirmations. There you go. Well, I think you and Anlar would get along great. But so uh, you know, we're running out of time here. But I want to ask you, as one woman. Uh, with a story to tell, what do you want the world to know? What what do you what do you think people don't know um, about your your experience or about anyone's experience? And like, what should we be doing differently? Maybe. Well, first of all, um, no two stories are exactly alike, or no, or no two snowflakes are exactly alike. And I think a lot of people miss the mark on this. And I think what people need to be doing differently, there's a lot you can do differently. I don't think you can nail down one. I think what you need to do is, uh, oh, I don't know, nervous being on here. 
You're doing great. Nobody would know you're nervous. You're doing great. Yeah, well, I got my stress ball. Yes. I I play with my pen. (laughs) (laughs) We all have something, right? But you're doing great. (laughs) But I don't know. I don't really know. But, well, one thing that people should know is that just because they have autism doesn't mean that we're stupid or not all there. doesn't mean that we're crazy. And, you know... A thing that baffles me every time is you double grounding up there. You have all these people at the top and all these special education teachers and all these programs are missing the mark and they're not being supportive. And they're just, they're coming up with all these silly ideas that we have limited interests and they all think that we like Superman or we like Star Trek. And that's all we can do is talk about uh, movies or cats and they talk to us like kids or other times they act like we're 10 year olds like I went the last synagogue I went to for a while I mean the rabbi there was obnoxious and he come up to me how you doing buddy and just give me the knuckle bump and oh dear now I would tell him hey I'm not a child don't do that and he tried to lie and it was well I do this to everybody you're overreacting and so Yeah, they basically treat me like a kid, not everybody, but it's just when I try to tell them that I'm not interested in that, I get the, that's cool, or oh, wow, response. So changing people's attitudes is the biggest thing. I love it. Now, where can people go to find your podcast and your blog? So you can go to Podbean, my my podcast, go to Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and iTunes. And then um, you can also find an application on my Podbean page. I'm currently calling for proposals. And I say this in every single episode, you don't necessarily have to be on the spectrum to be a guest on the show. You just have to have a topic of expertise. But I definitely don't want any attitudes regarding anti-vaxxers because my, my whole purpose is to educate people and raise autism awareness and acceptance together. And then my blog, you can find on WordPress and I'm going to see if I can get a hold of the people at Future Horizons. I want to write a blog about Eustacia Cutler. I heard her a couple of Fridays, is it that up this past Friday, but the Friday before. Yeah. Yeah, She's such a different lady from Temple. She's amazing. It's like Temple's Temple's a tomboy. You know, she's a quirky woman on the spectrum who believes in getting things done. And then you have her mom. Her mom is a lady. Like, I, I don't know, is her mom from England? No, but she has that very, you know, that Northern New England kind of sensibility about her that she does, she does come off a little bit British. I I know exactly what you mean, but she's, and, and she's, I mean, when you think about, uh, you know, Temple is a senior citizen and that's her mom. So I don't want to, I don't want to give away Eustacia's age, but Eustacia Man, I hope when I'm that age, I'm still here and I'm that with it mentally. She's amazing. I would love to meet Mrs. Cutler. I mean, I've spent all this time networking with Temple and, you know, getting picture, getting my books signed with her. I don't have, I don't know how many books I have with Temple. And I bought, I bought a thorn in my pocket and I need to read it, but. It's a great book. Great book. Well, we are unfortunately out of time, but I, I have never gotten to meet Eustacia in person, only interviewed her in this format. So I'm going to hope that both of us, when this isolation is over, that we get to meet Eustacia, which would be super fun. But thank you so much for reaching out to us. And thank you so much for being here. And and your show is wonderful. And we want to encourage people to go and check it out. Um, and so the name of the show is Hello World with Maya. Yes. Maya. Hello okay. World with Maya. And my main objective is to take middle ground. So thank you so much. Love it. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you being here. All right. You take care. And I want to say to everybody that um, thank you so much for being here with us. We're going to be back tomorrow. we got a very special show with a great mom because we're showcasing moms today or this entire week. So we've got Lisa Ackerman um, from TACA. That's the Autism Community in Action, TACA. And one of the biggest parent organizations, not one of, it is the biggest parent organization in the world. And um, we've been waiting to have Lisa on because in amongst all this COVID thing, we talked about it briefly, but not long enough, 
the numbers change. The CDC came out with new prevalence numbers. So we're gonna be back here tomorrow with Lisa and she's gonna take it all down for us and tell us what we gotta know. It's always great when she's here. So don't miss that. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.